prayer that is the prayer for Matthew. If you guys will pray this with me, and then we are going to be in Matthew 1, 18 through 25 again today. So this opening prayer, if you will pray this with me. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew, and let our desires be to seek and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. You guys may be seated. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Um, I don't have a schedule for Matthew, so sometimes I want to go back and look at a little bit deeper into a text. And here we come to this holy text once again. And it's full of life and miracles. It's full of, as we want to walk with Jesus, it's full of wisdom that we can learn and glean from as we want to walk with Jesus. As, and as we walk with Jesus, and He breathes life into us from the Holy Spirit, we can feel the same awe and wonder that these texts depict in Jesus' life and in the the way that they get to speak to us. In fact, I'd argue that we are supposed to be inspired and in awe and wonder in this text. In in not only this text, but the text to come. The stories that are given to us and the miracles that occur in Scripture are supposed to show us just how awesome God is, how big He is. I kind of have like three things that I wrote down when I wanted to do part one and part two. The part... Two, I just said, like, how unbelievable is this virgin birth? How unprecedented it is and how extraordinary it is and how unbelievable, how God can work outside the bounds of normal. I love this. That he doesn't have to, he uses common grace, he uses the laws and bounds of science, but he doesn't always. Sometimes he works outside the bounds of normal and he does this far more than our limited minds want to give him credit for. He does these things constantly, and here we see it. And then how unprecedented that Jesus is, that he comes, and he comes to earth. This incarnation of Jesus, this fact that God comes to be with us, it's unprecedented how he's, um, uh, no one 
can say that they've seen this before or thought of this before in a way that God did it. It's unprecedented. He is creating newness in the world by his very act of coming. And this one-time act of Jesus' life is supposed to surprise us, even if we've been walking with Jesus for 70-plus years. We get From the get-go, we get to be in awe of this and the things that he does in our lives and the things that he does in this world, even from his conception, are unprecedented. Changing hearts, changing lives, doing all these things that he does. Changing the course of history. And then how extraordinary. I love, um, one of the reasons why I'm so excited to be in Matthew is because I love how amazing Jesus is. He's amazing. His, he is fantastic. He expands my mind and imagination. He's truly worthy of all our praise and honor and glory, and we can worship him because of these awe-inspiring, natural, and extraordinary things that he does. Both of them are unbelievable and, un, uh, and amazing. And so we can say that how extraordinary these things are, and may the Spirit open our eyes to see them. So last week we looked at Mary and Joseph, Joseph in particular, but this week we're going to take just a moment and look at the incarnation of Jesus. And the incarnation just basically means the fact that Jesus put on flesh, to do, God put on flesh to dwell among his people. Jesus putting on flesh is a surprise to us, right? And I pray that we may see it fresh and that we may see it as unbelievable and unprecedented and extraordinary. And if we allow Jesus' incarnation into our lives and into our imagination, it can do this wonderful thing. It can break through the apathy that we have sometimes as we walk with Jesus. It can break through the numbness that can plague our hearts and minds. Even if we know and study theology, it kind of like this idea of incarnation can bring us back to a childlike faith where we can just go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. And we're seeing it for the the first time. Jesus can come and dwell with us and cut through the dull senses because this miracle of God with us, may it wake us up to remind us just how big, how creative, and how loving our God is. He desires us this much, that he would come to earth and be with us. Psalm 38, 6, praise this. For the Lord is high, but he regards the lowly. And we see this best in Jesus. This idea of God coming down in human form to dwell with his people. Jesus sets, uh, sets Jesus apart from any other created being. He comes to love us. He comes to give us life. He comes to save us from our sins. And as we can all wonder what God is like, we can see it best in the life of Jesus. God comes. First thing we see in the life of Jesus is that he just comes. He comes down. He puts on flesh to spend time with his people, to save us from our sins, yes, and to give us life, yes, but just to spend time with people like you and like me. Jesus comes to give life and life to the full. And he lived a life just as we know what it is to live a life. This is unprecedented that a deity would do this, right? The, the idea of God is not just refined to the Bible. It's throughout uh, common history or in, in classic literature, the story of gods uh, and gods visiting people. They did this all the time. So the, the idea of God's coming to earth isn't necessarily like new, but 
Usually the gods came to mess with people, often trick them or even bless them, but bless them in a way that there's kind of always a catch for the God. There's always a catch for the God. And yet we see this in Jesus. He comes amongst us, his creation to save us from our sin through his grace, not as a work that we get to be a part of, but Jesus doesn't mess with us. He blesses us without any strings attached. It's called grace. God comes in human form to be with us, to bless us, to save us, to give us life, to show his loving kindness, and then leave his spirit behind to help us live a life for him. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. God doesn't have to work with all the limits that are placed on us. We can see this throughout the entirety of scripture, and yet he does in a way that helps us expand our limited belief of like what it means to be human. All the limits that we can see or imagine are not impossible with God. He is always bringing newness into this life and our life included. And I pray uh, our belief in Jesus may be settled in our heart as a foundation. Like this is settled. I'm going to believe in Jesus. But then as the work continues, it may ever be expanding forever and ever. That Jesus is not done working with, working his love into our life. He's not done working his salvation into our lives. He is still at work and his work is unbelievable. And we get to submit to that work and let it be unbelievable. Let it be ever expanding because he is bringing the newness of life. It is not brought once. It's not like he dropped it off and said, have fun. He's working this thing in our life. And the Holy Spirit is breathing into us the life that we get to live for Jesus and into our existence. And I pray, I pray this for each and every one of us in this room and those that aren't in this room, that we may avail ourselves to this newness that only Jesus can provide. That when we come to texts like this that we've read a hundred thousand times that we can come to it with newness that Jesus is intending for our lives that we will never assume that Jesus is done even though he said it is finished and in one sense it is done but he is working his newness it's ongoing as he's creating life and saving us from our sins here in this text we see what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7:14 it says behold the virgin shall come and Uh, shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us this was spoken 700 years before Jesus was born 700 plus years before Jesus was born the birth of Jesus had to come from a virgin to fulfill this prophecy as we will see it's not the only prophecy that Jesus fulfills either Matthew keeps pointing us back to prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And this is one of many times that Matthew appeals to the Old Testament, the scriptures that had already been written, that, and, this, and this and every one of the fulfillments of prophecy is extraordinary in the way that he does it. 700 years, and then it happens. There is much in prophecy that is hard to believe. Amen? There's much in prophecy that we're still waiting for. For example, the scriptures prophesy that Jesus is coming back soon. And he also said a day is like a thousand years. So we've got a couple days into this soon that we're waiting for Jesus to come back. And we wait and we believe so that any day could be soon. And even at that, 
We don't know exactly how it will play out, even though we have revelation. Just as many in the time of Jesus, they thought they, they knew how it would play out, but it didn't play out exactly like they were thinking. And even though the word was spoken in old times, God knew the best time to fulfill his prophecy. And there were many who waited with hope. And then there were many who gave up hope and instead used the scriptures to create a religion and rules to follow. Religion has this interesting way of choking the life out of something. Religion has a way of constricting what we are supposed to think about or, or, or how we're supposed to act. And yet Jesus comes to save us from our shortcomings. And in saving us from our shortcomings, he allows us to live in the impossible, life-giving nature of a life spent with him. Jesus shows us that the flesh isn't as limiting as we think. It's a vehicle for his great love, and he wants to put his love on display. Though, uh, I, and I want to give a word, a word on miracles before we get too deep into Matthew, because um, we are going to see these over and over and over and over again. We're going to see Jesus walk normal, but we're also going to see him do these amazing miracles in and throughout the life of Jesus. And I am a firm believer in miracles, not just that they actually took place. I totally believe that, but I believe that they can still happen. And I believe that they still do. I don't believe that Jesus was some sort of magician. And I don't believe, uh, I believe he worked his will outside of the bounds of nature and he gives life giving miracles and he still does this work in all in all of this wonder working power i don't believe we can always see them and even sometimes when we can see them i believe that oftentimes we give the credit to other things but jesus is the one who loves his people so much in in such a powerful way that he would come and be with us and he would heal us and he would do these things for us. And so all the power belongs to him and through his Holy Spirit, we can still see them and expect miracles. We get to ask for them and submit our will and our imaginations to how they will happen to him. We don't know why some things happen and some things don't. We don't know his timing, but when we hope that Jesus will show up, we, we hope this because he already has. And he's shown us that he is a God that shows up. And he asks us to ask him to show up. And he will never leave us or forsake us. Because Jesus works miracles. And we get to ask for them and expect them and leave the outcome to him for these things that we ask for. And so as we come to Jesus' life, we know that he can do these miracles because, you know, uh, Jesus knows what it means to bend down to those who are lower than he is. He knows what it looks like and gives us a picture that we get to follow of what it means to be made low with others and help others. He knew and he displayed what it means to become less than for the sake of others. He did this all throughout his ministry. And here, when we have Jesus putting on flesh, he gave dignity to the flesh in which we have. He knows the limits that we have to work within, and he knows the confines, confines such as time and money. He knows what it's like to submit to and act in oppressive governments. He knows what it's like to become low for the sake of love. And he shows us these things. And in this, the flesh of Jesus when he takes it on, it isn't lim limiting. 
It's actually expanding. It's enabling him. It enables him and us to see the display of God's great love for us. Amen? God is so big, but he can become so small for us. He knows that it is right and good to come in this way as a child. It's like this. I attribute it to this. I saw a picture this week of I was playing with my niece, Luna. She's three. And I, I love her. And it's like, but when an adult can play with a child as a child, when an adult can play with a child as a child, it's not that the adult is a child. Well, some cases, maybe. But it's not that the adult is a child, but they can come and act and play as one. And this, it, they limit their adultness and bless the child. And in return, they bring delight and joy to the child and it brings joy to the adult as well who lets go of all their adultiness and act like a child just for the sake of that child. This is what God does with us. These are all made-up words, by the way, but they, you understand what I'm saying. And how much bigger is God towards us than adult is to a child? He just loves to be with us, to play with us, to delight in us, to make us laugh, to make be with us when we cry, to do these things for us. God loves to be with us this much. And he sets aside some things to walk with us. This is God with us. It shows us a large extent of God's willingness to act on our behalf. Us as a people and us as individuals. He can break the rules of nature. He can amaze and do the impossible and act for us. And he does this. And he does this to save us and show us his love and his grace. And as we go through life, um, we all have this insatiable need for something different. Something different, something new. And I'm not talking about consumerism, although that would certainly apply here. But I think about this, even food. We all need food. You know, maybe not every day because some of us do long-term fasting and Lord, may we just be better at feasting. But, uh, but we need new food. It's good even as you eat. Like it's good to change up your diet from time to time. We need new air. How, how often? Quite often, don't we? We need fresh air. We need new sleep. We need more and different and even just deeper sleep. And, and all these things are a blessing. But there's also this longing in our heart for different. Right? There's, there, we are not satisfied with how things are right now in this world, are we? What about the things that we have in our own life? We're not satisfied with all those things. There are things that we want to look at or we want them to look different. Maybe we can even say it like we'd want them to be better or whatever it may be, however you would put that. Or if this thing was just this one way, I'd be less irritated. And in this we get to cry out as we are giving voice to the not righteous things of this world and expressing that we want them to be right. And in our culture, there are substitutes and fixes that are given to us and these things in culture have to offer. Um, and we try them from time to time. And some of them are helpful. And some of them, but some of them leave us wanting, right? The fixes in our culture oftentimes are usually the fastest, most efficient fixes like fast food or smartphones or five easy step to six pack abs. Like that's, that seems like a, every other YouTube video, like 
how to master the, I play guitar, right? How to master the fretboard and these three steps. And it's like, I watch it and I'm like, you just confused me all the more, buddy. I'm just going to keep playing the thing. And we all like have these things and these substitutes and these fixes, but Jesus is the fix. Jesus is what we need. He is our savior. And he always comes in these moments and he brings his life to bear in our life. He is our savior. And that happens in a moment. And it also takes a lifetime. He is the one who breaks through. He is the one we desire. Jesus comes into our life to reveal himself. And his desire is for us as well. He agrees that as we look at culture, things are not what they could be. Maybe even not what they're supposed to be. They're broken. And he shows us that he comes into this world and he is at work even in the brokenness. This is what Jesus does time and time again. He is creating something new. As Jesus saves us from our sin and as we repent, turn away from our sin, the newness of God's kingdom is coming into our lives and we get to live this new kingdom out. We get to display God's kingdom as Jesus. We are Jesus' disciples or we're his ambassadors. We're the ones, we're the representatives of who he is and how his love is supposed to be in this earth. And in kind of closing, I have two prayers. I have more than that, but I offer these. One comes from the common prayer book that we use to pray as a family and the other one is just from my heart for this week and so i will close us in this time with these prayers lord we want to know or lord we know that to live by flesh is death but we want to live by but light so i'm so sorry i know how to read and i'm going to actually get it so let's pray lord we know that to live by the flesh is death but to live by the Spirit is life. Still, you have redeemed the flesh of the world through your incarnation. Teach us how to be in the world, but not of it. Amen. Jesus, come into our lives and show your power and glory. Lord, we ask that you will reveal yourself, that your face will shine on us and that your presence will be revealed. Lord, we can't always see it, but we want to. So please bring your life. Let us see that you are with us. Let us see this unbelievable, unprecedented and extraordinary thing that you are with us. And may that shape our lives and change the way that we live. May you show yourselves in our lives in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. Amen.